So this morning is going to be different. You've probably guessed that by now. Gretchen hinted at that. So we just started and I'm up here already. But also because there is a giant map in the middle of the room. And so we'll, we'll talk for a few minutes. And then we'll sing a couple of songs. And that's where the map will come into play. But I'll, I'll come to, back to that later. And then after all that, I'll come back to talk to you for a few more minutes. Because here's the thing, we were supposed to be finished with this series, with this Sharing Jesus series about three weeks ago, but I feel like I have more that I want to say, I feel like I have more that I need to say. Because the thing through this series is that I have tried to push us. Where I've been dropping that Francis Chan line on you since this past fall, where Francis Chan says, church is supposed to be like going to the gym, not going to the movies. And the point, the point of that is when we gather to do this, it is meant to be a workout, right? This is meant to equip you and workouts if you're really working out. Those aren't fun sometimes, Those can be painful, but they will cause you to grow. They will cause you to get stronger. And it's for this reason that I am pushing us, because I want us to get stronger. I want us to get stronger to the mandate that Jesus calls us to, which is to proclaim the good news of how God has loved us through his son, Jesus. Going to the movies is not a workout. It is grabbing a drink, grabbing a tub of popcorn, sitting on your butt and being a spectator. And you have to know that for us as a church, right, our call is to get off our butts, get off the sideline and to get into the game, right? If you are here to spectate, please know up front that I have no interest, literally zero interest in being up here to entertain you. But what I am interested, what I do want, what I do want for you, I want to push you to the things that Christ calls us to. I want to equip you for that. I want to, I want to capture your imagination with the beauty of Christ and everything that he is. What he's done for us and this new life that he is calling us into. And so through this series, Sharing Jesus, we have been building to today. And this morning, we are going to ask the question, what if? What if we took the Sharing Jesus conversations and we actually do that? Can you imagine what that could look like? But before we go on, let me backtrack for us to make sure that we're all on the same page. Over these last couple of weeks, we've been talking about a flow, and that flow is watch and listen and share. Will you watch for opportunities? Will you watch for the opportunities that present themselves in the lives of those that God puts into your path? Will you make the time, and it is a choice, will you choose to make the time to make yourself available to that person, to those people? Will you listen deeply? What if we listen to someone's story, and most people are really quick to give you an entire laundry list of the things that are going wrong in their lives? 
What if we listen to someone's story and we ask questions and we're watching their body language and we're watching their gestures until we see how the good news of Christ, right, the hope that you have in Christ, how the good news of Jesus answers the bad news that is manifesting itself in their lives. Their pain, their hurt, their questions, their doubts, their struggle, their fear, their sin? Will you share? Maybe there is something in that person's story as they're unpacking that bad news. Maybe there's something in that story and you're listening deeply, but you're also praying, Holy Spirit, show me. And so as they share, maybe there's a Bible verse that comes to mind. Maybe it's a story from scripture. Maybe it's a chapter in your own life, how God is rescuing you right now. And we said that if you see this rightly, your story is actually hundreds of stories of how you have seen God move. Will you share? We gave you some tools. We talked about the power of your story. Again, how is God moving in your life right now? How has God moved? We talked about praying with that person, not just praying for that person that you are sharing with, but what does it look like for you to pray with that person then and there? And in doing that, you have crossed a line. You're no longer talking about God, but suddenly with that person, you are talking with God. And there are are many, many other tools we focused on too. But other tools like grabbing a meal with someone who doesn't believe the same as you do. Walking through your neighborhood instead of zipping by at 40 miles an hour and waving out your window, but actually walking through your neighborhood and seeing who you can get into conversation with. Being a regular someplace, be that at the gym, be that at a coffee shop, be that at a restaurant, Get out and do something fun, right? Your hobby, get out and do that with people not in a relationship with Christ. Get involved in your community. Participate in community events. My guess is that we're already doing these things, but what does it look like for us to do these things and we're watching, we're listening, and we're sharing? And all, all through this series, the reason we do all of this is to point to the fact that sin stains the human heart. Sin stains every part of who we are, and that sin separates us from God, and that sin can only be forgiven by Christ's sacrifice, his dying on the cross, the shedding of his blood for my sin, for your sin, that Jesus is the Savior who came to rescue us and give us new life. That he invites us to repent, to turn from our sin, to turn from trusting in ourselves, to turn to trusting Jesus. And so all through this series, I've been asking you questions. And I went back through my notes and I pulled all those questions together. And those questions are this. Will you share your Jesus with the hurting, dying world around you? 
Are you willing to get messy, to actually, to actually step down into the suffering of this world to show Christ's love for sinners? We invited you to pray, God, where would you have me get messy? We said, what if that prayer looked like, God, where would you have me get messy today? God, where would you have me get messy right now? Will you watch for opportunities? Will you listen deeply? Will you share? And the question that we come to this morning, what if? And again, the reason for all of these questions is to bring you to a crossroads, to bring you to a decision point. What are you going to do with this? Will you individually, will we as a church, will we go to the movies and grab our tub of popcorn and sit on our butts and spectate, or will we get into the action? What if we did this? What what if we truly got serious about this? Even more so than we are doing now, what could that look like? This morning we're going to be in Acts chapter 17. And the Apostle Paul in Acts 17 is in Athens, Greece, and he's sharing Jesus. And there's a lot that we could learn from that, but that's not what I want to draw your attention to, right? So, so the fact that, that Paul is in Athens, that's the context. But what I'm really interested in is what does, what does Paul say about God? Because if we understand that well, that helps us answer this question, what if? So Acts chapter 17, starting in verse 22. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I noticed that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your orders had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I'm telling you about. So next, Paul is going to describe God. So notice what Paul says. Verse 24, he is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs. For he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every need. From one man he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he is not far from any one of us. So in these verses, verses 24 through 27, Paul has just said this. We'll summarize it for you. There's a God who, who made this world and all things in it. He doesn't need us, we need him. God determines when people live. God determines where people live. God is not far from any one of us. So according to what we just read, that family that just moved in across the street from you, are they there by accident? They're not. The fact that you live in the town in which you live, 
in the neighborhood in which you live, on the street in which you live? Are you there by accident? You're not. That neighbor that you wave to as you come and go, but you're not sure what their name even is, is that neighbor there by accident? They're not. Is the old grumpy dude who lives down the road, hopefully that's not you, but is the old grumpy dude who lives down the road, is he there by accident? He's not. And take this further. At your job, at your school, the people that you work with, go to school with, are those people there by accident? They're not. I found this quote this week from Rico Tice, who writes about these verses. He says this, What's going on in history is that God is reaching out to people so that they'll reach out for him. The reason your neighbor lives where she does is so that she'll be reached with the gospel. Why did God want a Christian you to be in your particular workplace? So you can bless your boss and workers by working hard and honestly, of course, and amen. We could say the same thing about school. But first and foremost, he put you there so others might hear the good news. It's no accident you know the people you do. It's no accident they're in your path. And I love this next line. They need Jesus. You know him. God wants them to hear the gospel. And that transforms how I view my life. It it makes it exhilarating. If I'm sitting on a plane and there's someone next to me, God has put them there. He's not far from them because I know him and am sitting next to them. That transforms whether I'll bother to try to start a conversation with them. It'll transform what I aim to talk about. And it'll transform how I pray for my days ahead. I'll be praying for energy and love to make the most of every divine appointment that God has already written into my schedule. I'm intrigued by that line, every divine appointment. And I wonder, how many divine appointments do we miss? I miss lots. My guess is that that you miss a lot as well. And this goes back to what we said a couple of weeks ago, that you have a choice. Will you make time for other people? Are you the kind of person that's that's approachable? Will you take time for others? But if we go farther with that question, how many of these divine appointments do we miss? And we get really, really basic with this. I want, you to, I want you to imagine your house in the middle of a grid, right? A tic-tac-toe grid. Do you know the name of the person who lives across from you? How about behind you? How about beside you? How about catty-cornered you? And if you don't, right, in your mind, put a, put a question mark in that square where you don't know that person's name. So is there anyone here that knows every single person that lives around them? If that's you, can I see your hands? All right, we've got a couple, which is awesome. 
If you don't know the names of the people that live around you, here's my challenge to you. Start filling in this grid for your house. Get to know their actual names, right? Not the nickname that you've given them, dude with the loud car. (laughs) But learn their actual names, right? That's the place to start. What if you started talking them to get their names with the goal of learning their stories? Learning the husband's story, learning the wife's story, if they're still together. What's the biggest problem that confronts them? What's their bad news? Will you pray for them? Will you pray with them? Will you invite them over? Will you, when you see them out, say, hey, how's it going? How's your day? What about that situation that we talked about? How's that going? How could that play out in your neighborhood? How could that play out if we all did that? So I want to see what that could look like. So here's what we're going to do. And this is where our map comes into play. So in your bulletin is a map, right? And, and it's the same map as the map that's down front. The map down front has, has a lot more detail than, than the map that's in your bulletin. But it's the same coverage area. So approximately up to the turnpike in the north, down to Roots in the south, over to Milton Grove in the west, and over to Rossville in the east. So I'm going to ask our band to come back up, and we are going to sing three songs. And during those three songs, I want you to send someone from your family, hopefully not someone who is geographically challenged, But I want you to send someone from your family to come up and in these baskets or red pins, grab a pin and put that pin into this map at the place where you live. Right, if you live outside the zone on this map and we couldn't capture everyone and and we realize that, just take your pin and if you live south of Mannheim, just take your pin and put it at the southern edge of the map. If you, live, if you live west of Mannheim, just take your pin and put it on the western edge of the map. So, I told this to first service. This is either really, really going to work or it's going to be a train wreck. And I think it worked. And we've got more people here on second service. But I think we'll still be able to make our point. So, I invite you to come up, put your pin into the map at some point during these next three songs. All right, so, so your work is clear? All right, let's see what happens. Gretchen? Why don't you stand to your feet while we worship? You can go ahead and have a seat. I think that worked. So we had all these questions, especially for second service, like all these people come in front, and is that enough music? But I think that worked out well. So thank you. I may have told you this before, but when Cindy and I were missionaries living in South America, we got direct TV from the States. And so we binge-watched Gilmore Girls. I'm not very proud of that fact, but it is part of my story. 
But we said, man, when we move back to the States, we would love to live in a town like Stars Hollow, the town that's in the Gilmore Girls. Kind of classic small town USA where everybody knows everybody. And we got our wish. Mannheim is our Stars Hollow. I cannot go to the Weiss store or Longeneckers or Molly's without seeing three of you there. And the farm show, forget about it. Literally, I will say hi to a hundred of you there every day of the farm show. But each time I bump into you, I am reminded that MBIC is embedded into this community and the surrounding communities in a way that is unreal. Right? Can we have the map back up? It's what this map bears out. As missionaries in in Uruguay, we planted churches, and the tactic that we used was called saturation church planting. And the idea was, what does it look like to saturate a given area with people who name Jesus as their Lord and Savior and, and invite them to rock their neighborhoods for Jesus? What we have here at Mannheim BIC What we have in the surrounding communities in Mannheim is is exactly that. I'll never say these two words together again, right? But it's like a Jesus bomb that is set to explode. Realize that this does not capture where you work. This does not capture where you go to school. It doesn't capture where we hang out to have fun. If we could logistically do that, imagine the number of pins in this map. And this is just our church. Can you imagine all the touch points? Because that's what these pins represent. Where you live, touch points then into the lives of those that are around you. I think of those words from Acts 17, that God is not far from any one of us. And then that quote that we looked at, that God's not far from them because I know him and I am sitting next to them, I am living next to them, I am working next to them, I am drinking coffee next to them. Right, if we go back to that grid, we talked about our neighborhoods before and that's a great start. But what if you did that same exercise In terms of, let's say you go to the gym and the people that you see every single day or every other day or however often you're at the gym that are there on a regular basis. The people in your classroom, the people that you see on a regular basis at that coffee shop that you go to, the other parents sitting beside you at that soccer game. Who are they? What are their stories? What's that pinch point in their lives to which the answer is Jesus? See, I'm hearing more and more stories of of our sharing Jesus, of, of you sharing Jesus, stories of your sharing at work. A small group that's part of Mannheim BIC, and they've made it their mission to impact the neighborhood here in Mannheim in which they find themselves. Stories of, of sharing Jesus at the gym. Sharing Jesus with their neighbors. 
sharing Jesus at the coffee shop, sharing Jesus at a sporting event. And so the visual of this map is just a start. That if we seriously answer this question, what if, what if we did this even more so than we are doing now? What if we truly got serious about our sharing Jesus? What could that look like? What could our impact be? And honestly, I am convinced that we would literally set Mannheim on fire. We would set the the surrounding communities on fire as a place where people are experiencing the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the love of our good, good father. Places full of people who are learning what, what it means to follow Jesus. Places where where God's glory, his fame, his renown, where he is lifted high because that's the goal of all of this. But here's the thing. I cannot answer this what if question for you. I can point you towards Christ. I can point you towards the commands of Christ. I, I can encourage you. I can equip you. But ultimately, you decide whether you are in or out in this sharing Jesus. So if we go back to our questions that we've looked at through this entire conversation, will you share your Jesus with the hurting, dying world around you? Are you willing to get messy, to actually step down into the world to show Christ's love for sinners? Will you pray, God, where would you have me get messy? God, where would you have me get messy today? God, where would you have me get messy right now? Will you watch for opportunities? Will you listen deeply? Will you share? Will you announce the the good news? Will you take time for people? Will you listen for the bad news in someone's life? Will you pray for the Holy Spirit to give you the words and the actions to show that person that Jesus is the answer to their bad news? Will you share that forgiveness and healing from brokenness and hope and new life will only be found in Christ? Will you share? So this morning as we close, I want to invite you to stand. And I'm going to pray over us. I'm going to pray for you. And I want to offer a prayer, a commissioning prayer, that we would do this, that we would share our Jesus, that we would set Mannheim and surrounding communities on fire with the good news of Christ. Let me pray for us. Let's pray. Father, for my brothers and my sisters and for myself, I want to pray for a sense of mission. I want to I pray for a sense of urgency, a sense of the life and death criticality of this sharing Jesus. Because here's the thing that's on the line. Those people that you bring into our paths without you, they will step into a Christless eternity when they die if they are without you. They will miss out right now on the fullness of life that only you offer. 
And so I pray for urgency, I pray for love and compassion that you would grant us your love and your compassion for this lost, this hurting, this dying world. The lost and the hurting around us. Give us your love. Give us the eyes to see the opportunities right in front of us every moment of every day to share. Allow us to listen deeply for the bad news in their lives that is desperately seeking your good news. Show us the ways to tangibly show that good news. Maybe that is a conversation, but maybe that's a meal or mowing their grass or watching their kids. Give us patience, the patience to allow your Holy Spirit to do the work that only he can do, the work of changing a person's heart. Show us how you are working and how you would have us join in. Give us the words, give us the actions that will touch that person at their point of need. Cause us to surrender and forgive us for our busyness, our selfishness, our fear, our laziness, our simply not caring, our excuses for not sharing. Give us wisdom Give us courage, give us boldness, move in power here in Mannheim and in our surrounding communities and beyond. Open blinded eyes to see you and your son Jesus in all of your beauty. Help us to share our Jesus. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.